Welcome to episode 66 of In the Saddle podcast. I'm your host this evening, Katie Clements, and tonight, myself, Chris Loder, Paul Callahan, and Mark Horosky will be talking about some of this weekend's racing at Ascot, Haydock, Wincanton, and some of the rearranged races at Newbury. So, how is everyone? Mark, I've not seen you for a while. Yeah, it's been a while. Uh, obviously, you're, you're the captain this evening. Uh, <laughs> As it should be. Yeah, driving the ship, keep keeping us all, us all us boys in line. But yeah, I've been well. Um, had a listen to your Grand National Weights review, which was excellent. Um, I did know that I got a little shout out on LFM Radio. Um, Paul Callahan's input was was excellent there. Things are good. Uh, grafting away for for Betfair. Uh, we've got some stuff coming out, some news coming out for the podcast soon as well. So obviously, listeners, stay tuned for that. Um, some giveaways as well. But yeah all round uh i'm well uh hopefully we can get some winners this weekend um we've got some lays as well okala and loves a lay um i've converted them since our since we had uh, darren hughes on the other week i can see paul callahan's face right now anyway i'm well um and let's just hope we can get a couple of winners this week paul how are you doing it is a better now he's kept quiet he shut up but i thought he wasn't going to finish there <laughs> i hate to think of how long this is going to go on <laughs> um, no, very, very well. Thanks, Katie. Um, delighted once, as as Mark mentioned there, on a serious note. Big thanks to Telem FM Radio and indeed Colin Corrigan for using our clip from the Grand National West um, on following Tuesday's recording. Uh, very much appreciated. So um, yeah, hopefully that everyone enjoyed it. Who listened and thank you for listening. So looking forward to the weekend's racing very much, and yeah, hopefully we'll manage to to nick a winner or two. And finally, Chris Loder, how are you doing? Feeling short, sweet and concise this evening? Hopefully. I know there's a lot of racing to get through. I'd say this is probably the best racing we've had so far, at least a weekend this year. So, yeah, really looking forward to it. But I'll try and keep my answers as brief as possible. If first, Chris. <laughs> right, let's get stuck straight in then. So, Saturday, Ascot, we've got the 150 Libato London Reynolds Town Novices Chase. It's a grade two race. Let's start with Chris Loder. Okay, let's start the drabble then. Um, okay, yeah, this is a really interesting race now that the big breakaway isn't going to be running. He uh, was meant to be running, but they decided to go to Cheltenham. So I think uh, this race now maybe lacks a little bit of a, a class edge, but still an interesting race where a lot of these can take another step forward. The one that caught my eye was remastered for Tom Scudmore and David Pipe in the colours of Brocade Race in the same colours as Native River. This horse has got a really interesting profile. He's been around a while, but he's only been going over fences this season, and he's uh, two from two, and he looks like a real stayer. Even though it was only a two-runner race when he won at, uh, at Weatherby, he did the job really well that day, and he seemed to love the heavy ground. It's going to be a real attritional slog, I think, this weekend. Um, we also as well get five pounds from Hurricane Harvey for Fergalow Brian. So a lot of things in his favour. A second run after a wind up, and uh, I just think he might be able to outstay all of these. But yeah, there's lots of interesting improvers in the race. But uh, for me, I thought Remastered would go very close. So he's going to be my selection for the Reynolds Town. And um, Paul Callahan. Well. I was looking at this race and the machine and Severano met at Newbury back on December the 29th and the machine finished three lengths to the good ahead of Severano. It was eight pounds separating the pair. Conditions certainly favour Severano this time round, but Severano was closing on the machine 
But if you watch the race again, the machine was made certainly was made a lot more use of when heads turned down the back. And, you know, the cards were played early, he gradually made his, his grounds as soon as heads straightened down the back at Newbury. And even when you when you turn for home, you're still a good half mile out from the the winning line when you, when you straighten up for home. I think if Severano is ridden with a, a little bit more restraint, I think he could be the, the answer in this race, even on these terms. Like Se- Severano I m- mentioned he was he wouldn't have even finished fourth, I don't think, had the, the horse on seat at the last on that occasion. I don't th- I think he would have struggled to finish fourth. So I'm gonna go with the machine if he is ridden with a, a little bit more strength. Of the others, Hurricane Harvey can race a little bit keen. Fullback has a tendency, he's won his last two, but he he has a tendency to jump out to the left. I do like Kaluki, but, but he also has a tendency to jump left. And the horse that, that Chris made mentioned there, remaster. He's two from two. He won a five-run race at Carlisle and he won a two-runner event at Weatherby. Obviously, he's done nothing wrong, but you'd imagine he would have to, to step up on that. But I'm going to side with the machine for me. Perfect. Mark, have you got anything to add? Yeah, I, I'm quite keen on remastered. Um, I know Lucky Lotus is keen on this, which is obviously a positive. Um, I just thought it was w- worth taking a chance on and David, David Pipe's one here. Uh, at the time of recording, obviously, Thursday evening, David Pipe, you are they're four from 14, 29% strike rate at the moment. Horses are flying. They had a good winner today. At Sandown, uh, was a winner last time at Weatherby, uh, only beating the one opponent in Baron de Middleton. Uh, obviously, prior to that, winning at Carlisle, thought, thought it was impressive that day. Jumped well. Uh, looks progressive. Um, and I think it's a decent bet, five to one. And as, as Chris alluded to, we'll appreciate the stamina test and the heavy ground will be no issue. It, it will be interesting to see uh, this market um, obviously, come come the weekend to see who's shaping up. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Remaster maybe goes off around eleven to four, around the three to one mark. Um, especially if the pipe are banging in, in any more winners. I think it looks a solid, solid bet five to one. Um, and could I mean if you can get maybe six to four, seven or four in the place market as well, two places. I think that that's a bit of value as well. Lovely stuff. So to wrap up for the Reynolds Town, we've got remastered for Chris Loder and Mark, um, nine to two or five to one in places. And then for Paul Callahan, we have the machine at six to one currently. So next race, 225, my odds boost bets fair, Swinley Chase, listed race and a limited handicap. Let's start with Mark. Okay, I thought I thought this was very very competitive, um, but there was some exposed types in here, um, and I tried to find one which was unexposed, and that is uh, I'm not being original here, but that is Jerry's back, uh, Philip Hobbs, Richard Johnson. It's currently top of the market around four to one. Um, we'll stay the trip. I just think that I think this one can be dangerous off a mark of one four two. Um, has been highly tried. I just think this horse has the potential to be be a one fifty here. Um, and as I say, there's quite a lot that look exposed here, and I'd be very surprised if this one's out of the placings. Uh, but again, it, is, it does look quite a tricky race, and not one that I'd go, I'd go over overly mad on. But I do think four to one look, looks okay at the moment. I can maybe see this one going off shorter, especially obviously with these connections. If JP has a few quid on, it could go off five to two, nine to four on the day. So Jerry's back at four to one currently. My selection. Chris Lauder, have you got anything to add? No, I think uh, Mark must have been copying my notes, but we we, di- we haven't spoken uh, before the podcast about our selections, but completely echo everything he was saying there of Jerry's back. Um, it's very unexposed over stand trips. 
um, and his run last time at Ascot behind Dashiell Drasher and Benny's King, who ran in the Betfair chase at Ascot, could be a really good form line for that race if he was to go and win. Um, I thought it was a really good run that day. That was only over two and a half miles, so he's stepping up in trip uh, on Saturday to three, which I think will suit him. He actually ran in the last ever four-miler at the Cheltenham Festival behind Le Broy and, and Discarama that uh, pretty much, I think, um, has ended their careers or has still left a mark on them. Um, okay, he's well beaten in that race, but uh, he, he's always been well thought of. He's got a rating of 142, which I do think, uh, like Mark said, is very workable. I think the race really revolves around not a chance where he's going to be going because he does have an entry in the English national trial at Haydock. He's uh, up there in the betting, so if he goes to Haydock, you would imagine that the market would uh, definitely favour in Jerry's back. He'll probably get cut quite a lot. And yeah, I think I think he ticks all the boxes, and I think JP could have a one, two, three here. He's got a strong hand, and the rest of the field, I think, are exposed. I think Code Lobo, uh, it's been going well this season, but I just think he could be a bit high in the weights now. But to me, I just like I said, I think Jerry's back ticks all the right boxes. Not original selection, but I think he could still be ahead of a handicapper, and he's my pick for the race. Paul Callaghan, can you offer us a different viewpoint for this race? I actually tipped Jerry's back on his last start and he was staying on nicely. That was over two miles and five behind back on the 23rd of January behind Dasha Drasha. This is over three miles. I'd be slightly worried, however, of the bounce factor. You hear the horse coming back on, on, the, on the back of a, a long break. That was Jerry's back's first run since December 2019. So that would pose a, a slight question mark for me at this run. The second run is not doesn't often back up the first one. However, the other JP runner, Regal on court, will absolutely love it. He's a graded winner over fences. He won a grade three at Ascot back on the 31st of October in testing conditions. He didn't fancy that Newbury on good ground in the Ladbrokes Trophy behind Cloth Camp, but he's since finished a good third at Ascot behind Mr Malarkey. And that was off the handicap mark of 150. He runs off 150 again on Saturday afternoon and he's won off 150 in the past. I know he's 13, but he will absolutely love these conditions on Saturday and will surely play a part in the finish. Lovely stuff. So, okay, so to round up for the Swindley Chase, we've got Chris Loder and Mark again with the same suggestions. Come on, guys. We've got Jerry's back at 4-1 to one and Paul Callahan offering a different viewpoint with Regal on call at 9-1. to one. So the 3.35 Betfair Ascot Chase, another grade one race this weekend. Let's start with Paul Callahan. Now we have Sorname at the, the top of the market here. He's got the tongue tie and cheek pieces of Clyde having stopped rather quickly. He pulled up four out in the King George. Prior to that, he was a good winner of the Charlie Hall. Harry Cobden has remained loyal to surname and left the mount free for Daryl Jacob to pick up on Master Tommy Tucker. The Master Tommy Tucker himself, he is a talented individual, whom I think will be suited facing just the four opponents. But he might like the ground conditions to be as testing as it will be, I think. So I'm going to, a tentative selection here, I'm going to take a chance on Dasher the Drasher. He's won his last two and looked potentially very smart despite being quite raw as a, a, in his, his younger days over hurdles. A slight concern was that in his last two victories, he had quite, there were, there were two quite hard races, you know, but he's by no means over raced and this is just his 17th career start. So hopefully he should be okay 
I mean, he probably will need to improve, but as I mentioned, this is his career, his career start number 17, so that's entirely possible. So it is, that's disaster for me. <laughs> so, Chris Loder, what have you got for us? Um, everybody thinks I'm going to be copying um, Paul and Mark today, don't they? But I completely echo what Paul was saying. I really like Dash or Drasher for this race. I think surname, it's really hard to know where we're at with him. If he... Ex- continues to follow the path that he did last season where he was brilliant on his first start he declined uh on his next two starts because he uh, ran poorly in the king george and then when he ran here last year obviously we thought we lost him you, you might remember he uh, fell i think with two fences left to go or he fell at the last and he was down on the ground for about five minutes and there was a a big sigh of relief when he got up you know because it, 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 it was quite nervous a nervous watch if i remember but yeah, it was great. Obviously, they got surname back, and he was an impressive winner on his first start this season. When we all wanted to take him on, and we all looked like um, fools that day, uh, as he was a very impressive winner of the Charlie Hall. But then, obviously, he uh, seemed to sulk last time in 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 the King George. It's hard to know where we're at with him, but we do know that he he's definitely uh, a major player around Ascot. It's pretty much a home game for him, so you do have to respect his chances. And it's interesting that Paul Nichols has gone for the cheap pieces. The first time that he's won them. Martha Tommy Tucker, again, was a classy animal on his day, but it's hard to really get a handle on where we are with him. Dashiell Drasher, for me, um, I think his form on his last couple of runs is really exceptional. Um, a lot of people might think he's come out of the blue, but if you actually go back through some of his form last season, it was really good. He actually finished second uh, on his chase debut behind Champ, you know, so he's always been a classy type. He was a really progressive hurdler. Uh, he's always shown that he's been a, a classy sort, you know, and it just looks like it's all uh, coming together for him now. And I, I do share the concerns. Maybe he's had a couple of hard races, but he actually won the same handicap that Surname did when he went on to win this race. So... Yeah, a lot to like about Dash or Drasher's chances. And even though there's going to be a lot of pace on, a lot of front runners, I just think Dash or Drasher might uh, be able to continue his progression. And at, at the prices, he'd be the one I would play with. Mark, what would you do in this race? Um, I, I agree with uh, Paul and Chris that I think Dash or Drasher, I mean, looks progressive. as one want to ask three times, twice over coasting distance. Um, looks a, a solid value place only, but... Uh, that's how I'd probably look at this race. Master Tommy Talker, obviously the race fell apart last time out with Imperial Aura falling early on at Kempton. Prior to this, well held at Cheltenham, but I think if if, they could, if this one could get an uncontested lead up front, uh, we'll be dangerous of getting into a rhythm and the jumping holds up because this one's very free, uh, often on a long rain. Uh, the heavy ground would be a slight concern, as Paul, Paul said, though. Um, and obviously look, looking at surname, very impressive on the reappearance run in the Charlie Hall at Weatherby. On the 31st of October, myself and Lucky Loaders, we got that one horribly wrong on that day. But he does it like he's uh, he's following the path from last season. Uh, mightily disappointed in the King George on Boxing Day, being a long way out. Step down in class and trip. I would be wary about taking the 8-11 to 11 on, uh, currently on offer for, for the backers anyway. And fell in this race last year also. I mean, I think the field at 11-8 to 8 looks value here. Um, I'll probably play. I'll probably play 80% in the in the win lay I, I will be laying surname in the win and i'll maybe have 20 20 of my stake uh in the place odds as well i mean this this is probably going to go off about five or six on in the place market i'll probably take a small chance of 20 of my overall stake there um that's all that's all play this race i, I want to be taking surname on the prices 
Interesting take. So none of us are having any faith in surname for this weekend, other than probably Harry Cobden. So let's round up for that one. The Betfair Ascot Chase. We've got Dashiell Drescher at seven to one best price available um, for both Paul and Chris. So moving on to Haydock. So we've got the 205 William Hill Rendlesham hurdle. It's a grade two race. Let's start with Mark. Uh, Emma Tom for me here. Uh, this this horse has given me, given me a good turn in the past. Um, had an absolute tank on this one at Foss last when it won a, a maiden hurdle at seven to two. Um, so I've been, uh, I've had a little word that this was a 150 and it was running an egg and spoon race at uh, Chepstone. It was actually drifting on the machine that day, but absolutely cleaned up. But anyway, looking at Haydock, uh, ran a solid race in last year's Paddy Purse Stairs hurdle, uh, beating five lines behind the winner at Lisnagar Oscar. I forgive uh, Emma Tom that that run at Foss last behind if the cat fits and fiddle on the roof. I mean, very keen early on. I think Adrian Heskin was on that day. Uh, early sectionals were, were very fast and he tied up very quickly over two mile five. Uh, the form behind uh, Fergal O'Brien's Hurricane Harvey at Utuxeter is worth a mention also. That looks good form. Uh, I think he ran into a progressive type there. Uh, we're giving away three pound. Has coached in distance form around Haydock. Uh, I think his best trip is over three miles, in my opinion, Emma Tom. And the softer, the better. I think this one's absolutely nailed on uh, for the winning place purposes. Um, I'll probably have a good bet on this one, winning place, Emma Tom, five to one. Oh, Callahan, what have you got to add? I think with Emma Tom as well, um, just looking through the fields, main fact will be thereabouts bouncing back, having found life. A little tough in grade one company, finishing seven to seven finishers in the long walk behind Paisley Park and Tyne Hill. 80 feet at the moment tops the market, but Jockey Gavin Sheehan has opted to partner Emmy Tom, who is having his first start since having a wind operation. He's back over hurdles, having overall he's disappointed over fences. He's a little bit over little over five lengths to find with Lisnagar Oscar on their clash in the stairs hurdle at Cheltenham last March. But Emmy Tom is having his first start since October. He's back over hurdles and it's the choice of Gavin Sheehan. If he rediscovers any of his smart novice form over hurdles, I expect him to play a part in this. Chris Loder. Um, listeners will be pleased to know that I'm definitely not tipping up Emma Tom. He's a horse that I'm not a fan of at all. I just can't get a grip on him. Every time I think he's going to run well, he disappoints. And every time I think he's going to run badly, he's, he, he goes and wins. So, obviously, he's probably going to win um, this time. But, no, I thought third wind. Um, I thought third wind was the one here. Uh, I think he's actually been supported quite a lot in the market already this afternoon. He's double-figure price when I was looking earlier at the race. But, yeah, third wind, trained by Huey Morrison, Tom Cannon, but for the ride. Never runs a bad race at all. Um Finished fifth in that uh, long walk hurdle behind um, Time Hill, Pacey Park, Roxana, who's boosted that form when she bolted up at Ascot uh, in January. He actually um, beat Main Fact that day when they were both off level weights. Okay, I know you can probably forgive the Main Fact, the run, you know, but in, in this race, uh, we're going to be getting four pounds from Main Fact. So I definitely think that's a major uh feather in our cap for third wind he's got a lot of good form uh never runs a bad race run well in some decent handicaps finished fourth in the potomps final at cheltenham and 
probably the key bit of form of him was his second place effort behind main fact who he had to give a pound away to that day when they met in uh, the stairs handicap hurdle in November, the grade three there. So uh, third win is far better off at the weights compared to main fact. Highland Hunter as well has boosted that form. He was a winner earlier in the week at Carlisle. A um, lot, lot of um, nice form lines with third wind. He will have to obviously step up on his rating, but like I said, he gets uh, he gets weight from some of the others having to give away penalties and whatnot. So for me, third wind, he never runs a bad race. And with there being at least eight runners in the field for each way terms, I think he's a great each way bet. And that's why I'll be going for him in this race. Perfect. So to round up this one at Haydot, the 205, we've got Chris Loder with third wind, who is currently 8-1 to in most places, but 10-1 to with Bet365 currently, if you are going for the trade selection. And then we've got Emma Tom at 9-2 for Mark and Paul Callahan. So moving on to one of the races at Wincanton before we discuss Newbury's rearranged card. So Wincanton, we've got the 318 Betway Kingwell hurdle. It's another grade two race. Let's start with Chris Loder, who has selected a horse that is very, very predictable for him. Yeah, uh, song for someone. Um, I might as well just wrap up what I say every time I talk about this horse on the podcast. I just think he just doesn't get the credit he deserves. He's just such a game, genuine, tough horse, um, you know, and he never knows when he's beaten. He's been ultimately impressive this season on his uh, two wins. Okay, and he won a three-runner race at Ascot uh, when he beat Call Me Lord and Lorena, who's, who bled that day and has subsequently been retired. However, you have to sit up and take note of his win in the international hurdle at Cheltenham where he beat Silver Streak, who's now a grade one winner. Okay, it was a bit of an interesting race uh, in the closing stages as they did omit the final hurdle, but he would have been uh, impacted by that because he's a great jumper and jumping is one of his main assets. Actually, he was a winner. He was actually a winner of this race last year, if you go back and watch it. But it was actually rearranged to the card at Kempton the following week because it was abandoned due to the weather, um, and he really had to dig deep that day. It looked like he was beaten a couple with a couple of hurdles to go, but he really did find for pressure and he ran on strongly in the end to get the job done. Goshen and Navajo Pass are obviously interested in contenders. They both like to be ridden handily along with some Song for Someone, but Song for Someone doesn't have to make the run and he can track a leader. Um, and I think it is an interesting little contest. Goshen, apparently the reports have been good, but we know that Gary Moore can sometimes overhype his horses. Navajo Pass was a worthy winner to beat Boover there and did absolutely nothing wrong and people should sit up and still and take note of that run. You know, So it's interesting that Don McCain's coming all the way south from his northern uh, base for this race, but... Yeah, from loyalty, I'm going to have to go with Song for someone, even though he is a short price, and I'm hoping he'll uh, win this before giving a bold sight in the champion hurdle at the Cheltenham Festival. So Song for someone it is for me. And Paul? Song for someone is a dual grade two winner. He just managed to hold on to deny Silver Streak in the international hurdle at Cheltenham on his latest outing. His two victories in grade two company have both been posted in fairly impressive times. At Ascot, two starts ago over a trip just shy of two and a half miles on soft ground, his time was a little over 11 seconds slower than standard, while at Cheltenham, also on soft ground, but over two miles, the time of that victory was just under 15 seconds slower than standard. My only slight concern with Song for, song for Somebody 
song for someone. He said his best form is over slightly stiffer tracks. So a slight question mark over that when Canton might be a little bit on the sharp side. Can get caught for toe when the race quickens. And that would be an only a slight concern for him. I think course and distance winner, friend or foe, could be worth an each way play here in the market. He won't mind the ground. And he was a good second behind Guard Your Dreams and the pair pulled 19 lengths clear of the third at Sandown on his last start. He will need to take another step forward. Well, just the six runners lining up here. This could be quite a tactical run affair. I think he's worked an each-way play at around the 10 to 1 mark. Of the others, I can't have, have Goshen. And I think Navajo Pass, he's won his last two. Beep over there in a three-runner race at Haydock. It's very hard to... to he'll, he'll not have the element of surprise here. It's going to be hard for him to, to back that up, I think. Mark, what do you think about this race? Um, I definitely agree, agree with the team's views on song for someone. Certainly the, the horse to beat on form here. Just worried that may not be fully tuned up with the champion hurdle in mind. Um, I, do, I do actually think song for someone's a, a massive price at 20 to 1 uh, for the champion hurdle. Uh, wins impressively. Obviously the weekend, that's quickly going to disappear. Uh, absolutely love this horse's attitude. When this horse is genuinely nailed on for a place in the champion, uh, just finds and finds. Goshan, this this horse is a, a layers cash machine. I mean, this horse, um, I'm looking at the bet here and it's just, I've got the question, what, what's going on in this market? Um, to the untrained eye, I mean, would be interested on official ratings, but getting £6 from Song for someone again in Navajo Pass, who defeated Bouvedere last time at Haydock, but he just can't trust Gojan. Uh, pulled all the way around and emptied very quickly around the bend last time out. Um, it was a very good winner for me last time. Uh, winning place late, uh, absolutely tailed off. Has a complete opposite profile to Tom Simmons' song for someone who, who won the Unibet International Hurdle at Cheltenham. Extremely game. and was, Gave Gojan £6 that day. Same, same weights again today. A 29-length <laughs> victory. I just I just can't have Gojan at all. Um Paul Callahan made a good point off camera about when Canton being a flat track. Um, and I know he's a, a big fan of the Betford ex Exchange now. So Song for Someone could, could be a bet in running here. because um, a good chance could get outpaced. And Goshang could potentially be, you know what's going to happen. He's going to be absolutely tanking um, even after a mile. And he's probably going to be trading odds on and running. So you could even get Goshan and running here as well. So there's a nice angle. Uh, thanks for that plug, Paul Callahan. Um, normally, I would split my, my state winning place here if, I, if I'm laying something short, but I'm place only on, on Goshan here. I can't have him at all. Um, absolute cash machine for the layers. Place late two and three places, Goshan. The silly prices. That's the selection. It is outstanding that he is that short in the betting when he's just been so unreliable. That must be people with some serious faith in him. So to wrap up for the 318 at Wincanton, we've got a song for someone for Chris Loder. Currently best price available is five to four. And then we've got an each way angle from Paul Callahan with friend or foe at 10 to one. And then Mark doing what Mark does and laying Goshen. So let's move on to Sunday's racing at Newbury, the rearranged races after the consistently terrible weather we've had. So let's start with the 2.25, the Betfair Denman Chase, the grade two. Let's go with Mark first. Okay. Um, this race, 
obviously it's rolled around Paul Nichols. Um, I'm actually going to take a chance on Paul Nichols' secret investor. Uh, I thought this one was quite interesting. The price is at eight to one. Obviously, Clend is a bull at the top of the bang at four to six. Secret investor, uh, one at Newbury on the 8th of February uh, 2020 behind Native River. I think that looks like a decent bit of form. Um, impressive at Chepstow and hacking up and jumping well on the 10th of October. Can forgive that last run in Lab Brooks Trophy chase at Newbury. Uh, the vet informed us that secret investor actually lost its right for shoe that day. Uh, it was absolutely tailed off, so obviously that that explains why why that run was so bad. It was never prominent um, that day either, and this one does like to be ridden prominently. I see Bryony Frost takes over as well, so in my opinion, that's a massive positive because you know how effective she is on, on front runners, um, an excellent front runner jockey. I just think eight to one, it's a, it's a massive price. Um, if you can get around, I mean, will probably be quite difficult to beat. Um, but again, can this one be trusted? I wouldn't be laying clans about the price. I just think there could be a bit of value backing secret investor maybe in the place market here. Um, if you could get, maybe get around 5 to 2, 11 to 4 in the place, I think that looks like a bit of value. Maybe a small bet on the win as well. I just think this one's going to be ridden prominently. Um, and there is a few question marks. Obviously, I see lost in translations currently 7 to 2. Tizard Jar's coming back to a little bit of form, but... Would you be tanking Lost in Translation at 7 or 2 here? I think he's a bit skinny. I just think there's a bit of value in Secret Investor at 8 to 1 in the win and obviously in the place market as well right now. I can think of someone, uh, Chris Loder. Yeah, I'm just about giving the nod to Lost in Translation here. Obviously, he's got a lot to prove, um, especially after his two disappointing runs this season, but it's been well documented that Colin Tizard's team have been um, underachieving uh, this winter due to a couple of issues going on in the yard. But in the last couple of weeks, there's been some glimmers of hope for them. Some of their horses have been running well. They've either been winning or making the frame. Um, and lost in translation, don't forget, after he ran a stinker in the King George, he came up and he delivered a brilliant performance to finish third. Um in the uh, Cheltenham Gold Cup, you know, so maybe he might be a little bit more spot on for this. Newbury's actually a track that he's got a good record in um, in the past. He, he's got some good form if you go back far enough at the track behind uh, Le Bagoir, uh when he finished second turn and beginner's chase. Uh, he's won over hurdles at the track, so I think the nature of the course will suit him. The Tizards have got a great record in this race in recent years. They've won it three times with Native River. Obviously, he's not turning up here. But I just think Clan Zobo being a bit of the shades of odds on in places, I think that's too short for my liking. Uh, he, he ran below par in the in the King George as well. Um, and I think he prefers going right-handed. He can go left-handed, no problem. I wouldn't say that's a major issue, but it would be a slight negative for me. Um, and of the others, I don't think there's too much in here to, to worry about. I can see the case for Secret Investor. There was a good run last year when he finished second behind Native River. And Terrafort is an interesting contender as well for, for Nicky Henderson. It'd be interesting to see how he gets along because he is a classy horse on his day. But for me, lost in translation, I just wonder if he could be a spring horse. And we didn't see how he would have fared if he'd got to run at Aintree last season or if he'd ventured over to Punchestown. I think there's still maybe some race to be had with him. And it's interesting as well, he's had a wind up. So for me, I'm just given the tentative nod to Lost in Translation, but it could be a little bit of an open race, but I'm keen to take on Clan de Zobo. Chris, can I, can I just jump in just one sec? Would you, would you, are you quite like 
I think it's quite odd that he's actually running here because usually you would just go straight to the, the Cheltenham Gold Cup. Um, what do you think the knock-on effect? Do you think he will run in the Gold Cup if, if he, obviously if he runs at Newbury the weekend? I think he's a, a no-go. Um, I think if uh, if he runs well in this, I think he'll go to the Gold Cup. The, the, the Tizar team went down the same road before with uh, Native River. He won this race, okay, it was his first race after a bit of a layoff. But they have used this race before as a stepping stone to, to go in the Gold Cup. And maybe they just would like to see him. I think it was a bit of a rush to get him ready for the, the Gold Cup last year. You know, I don't think even at this time last year, it was 100% certain that he was going to the Gold Cup. And they might have liked to have get, got a run into him. So, yeah, I, I, I think it's interesting. And I think you have to take note with the yard coming back into form, you know. Yeah. That, yeah, so that, that would be my only concern here because actually I did look at him obviously with the stable angle I was just worried that I don't think he's probably going to be fully tuned up because obviously Cheltenham would be the long term plan that was the only thing that put, put me off this one um, but definitely an interesting runner Paul Callahan, are you taking on Van der Zobo? Yeah I am he's a little bit short in the market I think lost in translation of what we've seen so far I might want the race to be, to be running Lourdes of, of what we've seen so far, you know. But Clan is about his solid form in the book. He was second in the Betfair Chase and third in the King George. George is rated 169, same as Lost in Translation. Like, as I mentioned, like I'm a massive fan of Lord Lost in Translation. I fancied him last season to go unbeaten. But, you know, it'd be a heart ruling head if you were to invest in him. I don't think of what we've seen so far, I certainly can't. I'm a massive fan of the horse, but I, I wouldn't be investing with him. And I think if he runs well, I think he has to be tuned up for this because if he runs something similar to what we've seen so far, it's going to be a brave, bold shout for connections to go to the Gold Cup. Of what we've seen so far, you know, you're, would you run him in the Gold Cup? I don't know, but you certainly wouldn't be going to Cheltenham. If he went straight to Cheltenham, you wouldn't be going with any real confidence. I think he would have been very much... I know the crowd went against him at Haydock, but I do think he would have been primed enough, ready to go, rock and roll at, at Haydock first time out. Um, I think the conditioner, he's rating 149. I think he's a massive price at around 14 to 1. He always runs his race. He's a grade three winner at the festival last March. Look, on ratings, he has 20 pounds to find with the top two, with Candice Obo and Lawson Translation. But I think he's worth a small each-way wager at a price. And you'd certainly fancy him, of what we've seen thus far, you'd fancy him to beat Lawson Translation. And he, he was a good third in the Philadelphia Trophy, albeit beaten 11 and a half lengths by the winner, Cloth Cap. But on his form, he's pretty game and consistent. I would fancy a 14 to 1, I think, the conditional is a cracking each-way bet. I'm inclined to agree with you on the conditional and on your point about Lost in Translation. You wouldn't think that after what we've seen of him, they'd be wanting to go to the Gold Cup off, a, off another non-satisfactory run, let's say. So, rounding up the Denman Chase, um, we've got a couple of each-way angles. So, we've got the conditional Paul Callahan at 14-1. to 8-1 to one secret investor for Mark. And then for Chris, he's staying faithful to Lost in Translation, who is currently 7-2 best price available. So the next race at Newbury is the 3 o'clock Betfair Game Spirit Chase, another grade two race. Let's start with Mark. Okay, so I thought this one again, um, I was wanting to take the, the lay angle here. Um, I can see Paul Callahan's face right now. 
But um, I want, <laughs> want to take on So Royale at the prices. Um, I just think this one's had quite a lot of racing this season. Took a heavy fall last time out in the Labrooks Desert Orchid Chase at Kempton on the 27th of December. Um, Daryl Jacob was at him early that day. And I'm not convinced by by the jumping of this one. I uh, Obviously, I don't want this one to fall uh, like, like last time. I just think that I think you'll get found out in the bet for a game spirit chase, in my opinion. I, I can see this one being uh, being tailed off. I just don't think he really he took the jump, and I wasn't impressed. And I'm not overly convinced with that fighting fifth form either. I just think this one looks quite vulnerable. And I know he's, he's near the top of the bettings, 130 right now. I'll be laying this one winning place again. I think he'd probably get this one out of the three, at around maybe four to seven, one or two. It looks like a decent bet to me. I um, actually speak to David, who rides So Royal every single day at Alan King's. Um, and he's excited about him for this race. He says he's jumping brilliantly at home. Um, I mean, size isn't on his side. He's a really little horse. He's about 15, 2, 15, 3. But he's in good spirits at home. So they're hoping for a good run from him. That's good. Thanks for that, Katie. I can get 2 to 5 on Betfair now. Thanks for that. <laughs> Callahan, do you, you speak to David every day? Do you yeah, speak he... to David every day? Or does David ride the horse out every day? Um, I speak to him most days because he rode Azerti um, most days at Allen's, so he messages me about him a lot. Um, but no, he rides oh. so royal out every day. <laughs> what do you think, Paul? So royal is actually my selection. I think if his fall at Kempton, the last day has no last, it's not, you know, lasting in his memory. I think he could be the answer here at a bit of a price. I think he's at the minute time recording, he's best price 130. He has been mixing it over hurdles and fences over the last number of seasons. He's won the slower chase at Shelton, which of course is a grade two contest. That was back in 2018. He arguably hasn't kicked on from there. But if there is any chinks in the armour off the top couple in the, in the betting, on his best form, Soriel, he'll not be far away. I'll give you five to one, Paul Callahan. Six to four, the place. Okay. Place. <laughs> yeah. So I'll give you six to four points for that. You too. I feel like there's something going on with you two tonight. I don't think Champ. Well, by process of elimination, Champ, I think two miles. The ground will obviously play into to his favour. Um, like two miles, I think it'll be on the, the sharp side for Champ. Grenadine is a worthy favourite, all right. But I just think on his best form, Soriel could be could be there, thereabouts. <laughs> I feel like Mark is having absolutely none of this. Silence uh, is golden. I, I'm, I'm genuinely confident. I just The way this one jumped last time, uh, I do think he is quite small. I just think he'll just get found out. I just think he needs maybe a couple more runs to see the best of him over fences. Interesting. Chris Lauder, come on. <laughs> well, I can't believe we haven't really spoken about it too much. Paul just touched on it there, but Champ, this is the story of the race. This is the story of 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 Sunday, really. Champ, why is he not running in the Demon? Why is he running here? Very interesting that, and a bizarre decision, in my opinion, that, that Nicky Henderson is doing this. You know, you don't think if you're trying for a Gold Cup, you're going to be running over two miles and have a speed test. Uh, but obviously, you have to respect his his decision. You know, the man is a genius at the end of the day, and maybe this is a bold move. If he goes and wins this, quite impressively, do they 
Should they supplement them for the champion chase? Who knows? Um, <laughs> who who knows their, their, their school of thinking with this one? And obviously, it's going to be the first time we've seen him since he got up to win uh, in the RSA. So very excited to see him. But for me, he isn't a betting proposition. And we really do need to see how his jumping holds up. Granatine, obviously, we know the Nichols team think very highly of him. And he was quoted at the start of the season by a few shrewd, shrewd judges, not me. Um, but uh, they they thought he could be a champion chase contender. But uh, I think he's I think his kind of um, rise has petered out a little bit. Uh, I think he's round about at the peak of his powers. So the one I thought I would take a chance on, I could see Sir Royal going well. He finished second behind Altier in this race last year. But the one I've come down on is Magic Saint, who I think will relish. Uh, coming back to Newbury he's only ever ran at the track once and he was uh, a course and distance winner when he beat Bandoran that year um, in a handicap giving him weight and Bandoran that year went on to boost that form by winning the grade two okay Bandoran hasn't done much since since then but my point being is that it was a very very good good run when he did run at Newbury he's been running in some fair races this year so far Magic Saint he was a good winner at Cheltenham off a mark of uh, one five two. He's one of these horses that's a little bit between a rock and a hard place, too high in the weights. Probably not able to cut it up in graded level. But because I think this is quite a wide open race, um, I think he he's got a massive chance at, at his price. And it's interesting that Brian Carver keeps the ride. Um, I, I thought at the prices he hasn't got much to find on the weights with some of these. Obviously, Champ's got one six five, but is that really over two miles? We don't know. But with the proper two milers, he hasn't got much to find at all uh, on the ratings. And for me, Magic Saint would be my pick for the race. Perfect. So the three o'clock Betfair Game Spirit Chase, we have got Magic Saint for Chris Loder, who's currently. 8-1 on Betfair and 7-1 most other places. And then we've got So Royale for Paul Callahan at 10-3. And that is also Mark's lay suggestion for this race. So final race to cover, the 335 Betfair hurdle. It's a grade three race. Let's start with Chris. You've got a couple of angles for this one, haven't yeah, you? Yeah, well, obviously, we don't know. The, I shouldn't make this out. We don't know the final fields at the time of recording. So a couple of these might get thrown out, uh, obviously. But the way to go in this race over the years has been down the novice route. I was looking at some of the recent winners over the last 10 years or so. I think all of the winners have been five or six years old, you know, coming in as, as a novice. And some of these have gone on to run in the Supreme Hurdle. But I don't think this race has ever produced a Supreme winner. The closest that I can remember in recent memory was Kalashnikov. So uh, you, you're looking at horses that may be able to run uh, at least a decent grade one standard anyway uh, in, in this field. But I'm going to take on the, the top two at the betting, Soren Glory for John Joe Neal. And also as well, you've got Kadzan, who I do think deserves to be favourite, but two that I like at a price um, is Annual Invictus for Richard Johnson and Chris Gordon. Obviously, the the listeners will know that I always bang on about his horses, but uh, this horse, I think um, he's a really interesting contender. He's got an entry in the Ballymore and the Supreme, I think, at the festival. 
Um, he was due to run actually in the grade two that got abandoned at Cheltenham at the trials meeting. So they obviously think quite highly of him. He goes from the front. He's a really prominent racer. We know he can last over two and a half miles. So that shouldn't be an issue. Chris Gordon as well has had a horse run really well in this race the last few years called Remulek. Ran a cracking race at a big price last year in this race. So he knows what it takes uh, to, to train a horse for this race. He was definitely on my radar. And the other one that was on my radar for the race was a horse... I think he'll be able to get in. Hasn't got a jockey booking at the moment, but this is the plan. And it's a horse of Gary Moore's called 50 Bull. He's been very impressive uh, this season. Uh, won very, very easily at um, Sandown by 13 lengths. He's got a rating of 131, which I think is still a very workable mark. They do have bigger sights for him. I think he has £10 at least in hand of the handicapper. His win at Ascot as well has worked out quite well. So a lot of good form lines of him. Gary Moore's won this race three times in his career. And again, he's another horse that fits the profile. A novice stepping up into handicap, proper uh, graded handicap company. And they would be my two against the field, Annual Invictus and 50 Ball. Lovely stuff. Paul Callahan, you've sided with one of Chris's selections here as well, haven't you? I have. I think, first of all, I think Shake'em Up Harry, who is best price 14 to 1, I'm sure he'll be very popular in the colours of Harry Redknapp. I think he might just come up short. He was second on his last start. He was a winner on a seasonal reappearance. And of course, he was second to to Shishkin last season, but he was well held by Shishkin. I think Shishkin put 11 lengths between himself and Shake'em Up Harry in the last four of them at Newbury. Um, Mr. Coffey is a horse that I'm not passing over lightly. I think he has he has the ability to win this or certainly go close. But he gets himself so worked up and he races pretty keen. Like he uses up so much energy before the race has even started. If he settles, he will take a bit of beating, I think. But for the reason that I don't think he will settle, I'm going to pass him over. I am going to side with the Chris Gordon trained annual Invictus with Richard Johnson jocked up. He hasn't finished out of the first two on his last four starts. And of course, he completed the hat-trick of victories. His mark is, he runs off a mark of 135, which I think looks fair enough. It's going to be a big ask to complete the four-timer in this ultra-competitive handicap. But he's in terrific form. He's a nice handy weight of 10 stone nine. And he is the assistance for the second time in his short career of Richard Johnson. He's as short as 14 to 1. He's as big as 18 to 1 if you shop around. Most firms are paying out four places and some firms are paying out five. And I think he is a, he's a good each way best, good solid each way bet annual Olympics. Mark, have you got anything a bit shorter for us? Yes. Um, in this race, is that, if that's what you're referring to, Katie. <laughs> um, I'm, on, I'm on the ball tonight. Anyway, um, I think this saved the best to last me. Now, this this does look quite trappy, and obviously we don't have the, the full decks in. I thought, um, I really hope Soaring Glory gets in here. Um, I just think this thing could be really dangerous off 133. Obviously, number 20 on the list at the moment. Uh, we'll get on off bottom weight. Beat Paul Nichols' Brave Man's Game at Chepstow on the 9th of October. Obviously, this one's been touted as potentially the next Denman, uh, who's won since Presley off 143. Well, Soren Glory was given an easy ride last time out behind Dan Skellens. My Drogo at Ascot on the 18th of December, staying on eye-catchingly under considerate riding. I mean, I'm not... I've got the same mindset here as we as the one that we had yesterday, Chris Loder, at Happy Valley. I mean, I think this one looks absolutely thrown in here off 133. 
and form looks solid. Um, it could potentially be the nap of the week. I, mean, I think 11 or 2 is a decent price, especially if you're getting five places that obviously Paul Callan alluded to. I just think I just if this one gets in, I can't see this one being out, being out of the places. Okay, perfect. So to wrap up for the Betfair hurdle, as Paul Callahan has mentioned, we've got Annual Invictus, who is as big as 18 to 1 in places and as small as 14s in others. So if you're going for the each way angle with him, it's best to have a little shop around. Uh, Chris Loder has also suggested 50 ball, best price available at 12 to 1. And Mark with Soaring Glory, who best price available is currently 6 to 1. So, shall we have a bit of a chat about naps for the week? Chris Loder, who are you going for? Yeah, I'm um, going away from the main action to uh, one of the races on the undercard at Ascot. Um, for, in the 4.10, might, this is going to be my nap for the weekend. Horse in here called Flight Deck for John Joe O'Neill Jr. and John Joe O'Neill in the colours of J.P. McManus. But yeah, this horse, I think... This horse could be very well handicapped off mark of 126. Has yet to run over three miles. However, this horse's dam is a horse called Rate of Knots, who was also trained by John Joe O'Neill. And she stayed longer than the mother-in-law, even though I don't have a mother-in-law. Um, she actually made the frame in the Kent National many moons ago at Folkestone when that was a race course. Um, but my point is that this horse has got such a stamina-based pedigree. And if you go back and watch the replay when he won at Banger and really testing ground over two and a half last time out, he found plenty and was hitting the line very strongly in the finish and had his ears pricked. He looks like he, he'll get every inch of the trip, in my opinion. He's near favourite uh, with some firms at the moment. He's ran about a 92 shot I've seen with William Hill. He is second uh, top weight in the race, but I just think he screams of a of a horse that could still be ahead of his mark. And for me, he's going to be my nap of the weekend. The other horse I'll quickly mention as well that would be my next best uh, for the for the weekend runs on Sunday. He runs in the uh, the Boyne Hurdle at Nav, and everybody, of course, is going to be looking at Tiger Roll if he gets declared. Won this race uh, twenty five to one, I think it was a couple of years ago, on his way to grand national history but i thought ronald pump was really interesting hasn't been seen since his second place effort behind honeysuckle in the hatton's grace hurdle uh he was running on quite strongly that day it wasn't bad renewal that race his beacon edge as well had shown some good form coming in into that race uh, so i think you should mark up the run uh okay it's going to be over two and a half and it might be a bit on the short side for him but i think he could be the best of the irish when it comes to the stay and hurdle division he finished second in the Stairs had a little Cheltenham last year, and uh, I think he can win this on hopefully going uh, to the Stairs Hurdle at Cheltenham. So he's running about three to one in the betting at the moment. I think he's a he's a good good bet there, and I think he'll he'll uh, beat Fury Road. So I uh, I'm going to be siding with him at Nevin on Sunday. Lovely stuff, Paul Callahan. Who are you choosing as your nap for the weekend? I just want to mention before I talk about naps that Robbie Power is not booked for any rides this weekend thus far in relation to loss in translation on Sunday. Robbie is hoping to, to get back to England for this weekend. So at the moment he's not. He's on nothing at the minute on Saturday and I think Sunday the Clare we're recording on Thursday evening. Um, Sunday will be the Clare and tomorrow. So I'd imagine Robbie's hoping to, to get over for, for Sunday's action and indeed 
mainly for, for loss in translation, I'd imagine. Um, best bets the weekend. I'm going to go with Regal on core in the 225 at Aston on Saturday, the Swindley Chase. His best price, 9 to 1. I think he'll have to, if conditions come up as, as testing as he likes them, which I think they will, I think Regal on core, he's 13. But he will love it. I'd imagine it's going to be slow motion stuff in the closing stages. So I'm going to side with Regal on core as a best bet. And in each way selection, I am going to go with Annual Invictus in the 335 at Newbury on Sunday for Richard Johnson and Chris Gordon. Lovely stuff. Mark, what's your nap? I guess uh, an interesting point Paul Callan just made about Robbie Power. I do think that is certainly a positive, especially with loss in translation. So... I mean, that seven and two could actually look big now. I mean, if Robbie's declared, you expect to, to be a bit of money for that one. Um, so obviously, that's good news for uh, lucky loaders. But um, in the nap, naps for me this week, I just can't have Goshan um, in the place market. That would be my nap, Lee Goshan, um, two places and three places uh, on the Betfair Exchange. I mean, this is going to be threes on, fours on in the place market. Um, so it's technically a three to one winner. I just can't have him. I think he's a ridiculous price. I can't sixteen to one for the champion hurdle now as well. I'm I'm genuinely I just I just can't see it. Um I think someone for someone's the one to beat in that race to think Goshan. It's a it's an absolute nailed on lay when in place. So if anyone has a bet for account, I wouldn't put them off laying that one. Um in the back department, I think Soaring Glory obviously saved the best to last, in my opinion. I just think if he gets sent, I just think he's very dangerous off one three three. Um, obviously, I've seen the price 11 or 2. Obviously, Katie Clements was, was very kind to, to find me a bit of 6 to 1. I thank, thank you for that, Katie. I just think he's got a massive chance, especially um, if you shop around, you can get the five places in that market. I just think absolutely nailed on um, that one and could potentially be a shoe in off 1 3 3. So the lay would be Goshan, one in place, um, and the back would be Soaring Glory in the 335 bet for a hurdle at Newbury. Lovely stuff. Has anyone got anything else that they want to talk about? Um, anything that's been going on this week? The I don't think the jockey, um, the jump jockey title is completely wrapped up yet for Brian Hughes. Harry Skelton, if you've been watching um, the race in the past week or so, seems to be riding doubles and trebles every single day. I know he had a treble at Warwick on Monday. He had a winner today. He had a winner yesterday. He's riding more winners at the moment than Brian Hughes. Him and Cobden are only 14 behind. And even if Brian Hughes didn't get injured, you know, I think the way the Skeltons are firing at the moment, I think that this jockey's championship could go down to the wire. Um, I think it could be the most exciting jockey's championship, at least over jumps, we've seen in our lifetime. Obviously, we know AP McCoy dominated it for many years and normally had it wrapped up by this time of year but but i think the the jockey's champion chip is not it's not yet settled and uh i think i've i was talking to mark about it earlier i think harry skelton with betfair was about 15 to 2 i I thought that looked actually not a bad price um and i think uh i think yeah keep out for the jockey's title because i think uh brian hughes is still no shoe in to win it obviously you have to respect him but uh, I think it. I think it could go right down to the wire. That's interesting. It's not something I've thought about for a little while. Um, I think Brian. I think just to mention on that, Brian's been seriously curtailed with the the northern maintenance. Uh, you know, with the, with the weather, I know they've taken a bashing everywhere. But um, he would generally 
on the north with no racing on, he's been severely re- restricted. Um, and but I've no doubt when the when the northern meetings, you know, when things kick on again, he's gonna like on an northern meeting, he's gonna have six rides. You know, unless there's an amateur or conditional race on the card, he's gonna have a full card, full whip rides. And you'd imagine ninety nine point nine percent of his rides are gonna be on favourites. Brilliant jockey, but you know he's he's gonna have a, a the north will be pretty much sewn up. I'd imagine. Um, but just a note on that, I think Harry Cobden as well. He's going to make it there for the championship, isn't he? I think he's yeah, he's, he's four- talking about giving it a kick in the belly. Yeah, that he's fourteen behind with Harry Skelton right at the moment. You know, but you, you're right there about the northern meetings. Definitely, uh, that has affected. But I've noticed Brian actually has been riding at some of the southern meetings as well. You know, so he's, so he has yeah. been searching for those rides, but by no means I think he hasn't maybe been quite up to to where he was last year. He's still been riding unbelievably well, but I'm saying it could be a bit more of a close run thing than people give it than people give it credit for. So keep an eye out still. Okay, perfect. So thanks everyone for all the analysis and tips and uh the banter, of course, as always. And thank you to everyone listening for continuing to support the podcast. It's growing every week and Obviously, we couldn't do it without you guys listening and your support. So it's really appreciated. If you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast on all the usual platforms, iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Make sure you follow us on social media. Have a great weekend. And if you are having a gamble, please do so responsibly and safely. Enjoy. (laughs) 